What up, world? Thanks for listening to the Sac City Podcast. While you're here, do us all a favor and hit that follow button. And then join us every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern for more top-tier NFL content. Welcome to the city. Sack City, welcome into another episode of the Sack City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron the Mukesiah Mukes. And below him we have your boy, AJ Johnson. It is a beautiful August 3rd morning here in the city. Episode 61 is about to kick off. We are diving into the NFC South training camp. Oh man, it's we're we're in full swing here in the NFL season. We've got headlines to talk about. We've got camp battles to talk about. We have so much. This is this is it, boys. We're here. We did it. We got through the offseason. Things are picking up. I, I can't believe you guys didn't have any headlines prepared for this show. Like this is this is amazing how you guys didn't think that there was anything going on in the NFL this week that we didn't have to have headlines on. Can't believe it. Shameful. Shameful. I have an excuse. I was I was on a plane yeah. all day. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we do have a great show ahead of us, though. Yeah. Like I said, an NFC South breakdown yeah. and head oh, and a bunch of morning headlines. Exists. But before we get into those morning headlines, Aaron, <laughs> training camp is in full swing. Bodies are breaking. Bodies are falling. Tell us the injury reports from training camp so far. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to kind of outline some of the big ones that obviously have stood out so far. Obviously, the biggest one to me has been the Tim, Packett, Tim Patrick injury, uh, torn ACL loss for the season. It's it's something we always kind of cringe at when we see these, these torn ACLs or ruptured Achilles, these season-ending long um, injuries. Tim Patrick suffered an ACL injury. Also, a running back for, for Denver suffered a, another ACL injury, not one that we're going we're gonna to really pay attention to. Uh, but James Washington of the Cowboys was also carted off. The foot injury is expected to miss six to ten weeks. Uh, we've had J.C. Horn, who's come back from an injury from last year, who started on the PUP list. They removed him, but he's going to be limited, so he's dealing with an injury there. Van Jefferson of the Rams is having surgery um, due to a minor injury on the knee, injured at the end of last season. And then also guys like uh, Jordan Poyer in the secondary or the back end of the Buffalo Bills defense, hoping to be back by the start of the regular season. Um, Irv Smith. <laughs> who came back from an injury, uh, missing all of last season, also likely out for the entire preseason, hoping to be back by week one. Those are just some of the names, obviously, um, through, what, a week of training camp. <laughs> and uh, there's going to yeah. be so much more. Uh, we just have to kind of just prepare ourselves for that. And hopefully it's nothing. Uh, hopefully it's nothing too soon. What's the good always comes the bad. We're all excited for football and you forget. It's almost like that's the first thing that starts hitting you in the face. Yeah. It's not, that's when I really know football's going on. When I start getting all the notifications of who's out, I was like, oh, yeah, man, with, like, with Denver, you mentioned already, and Tim Patrick yeah, going out with, another, with a torn so ACL. That's three wide receivers the season there starts. in Denver that Probably have suffered the same fate. Corlin Sutton and KJ Hamler all su- suffered torn ACLs. It's at that, that mile high, that air. 
Not this year. Not this year. Yes, Broncos. Bro, yeah, yeah. Not this year. Yeah, not this Broncos year. Broncos fans, not you can relax year. a little that's, that's bit. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let's, let, let, let's go into it's one of those injuries. I know we have four morning headlines, and I know we have a whole loaded up show. But let's go into that injury specifically with Tim Patrick real quick, though. What does that actually mean for the Denver Broncos? Like, what is that impact on the Denver Broncos to lose a wide receiver like Tim Patrick? And who steps up next in replace of him? Uh, AJ. I mean, for for us, we noticed Tim Patrick come on strong last year when he had the opportunity, and that's what they're going to be expecting the same thing uh, for from the next guy up, who I would imagine would be KJ Hamler getting his chance again, because what Tim Patrick did last season is the reason KJ Hamler respectfully was almost an afterthought coming into this year. But we also lauded at the fact that Russell Wilson came to Denver. He's got all these weapons to play with. So they really can benefit from the idea of a next man up mentality. And if KJ Hamler to me is, is healthy enough, I don't think he can, he's not a possession receiver like uh, Tim Patrick was. He's not a middle of the field type of receiver. He is a burner. He is a deep field threat. If his legs are as healthy as they used to be. Um, so it's just a kind of a different you know, style. I'm slightly uh, receiver upset that Russell Wilson Maybe you didn't, this name didn't pop off that he can throw his first. patented moonshot too. I don't yep, think he's going to be yep. mad at that. Exactly. Exactly. AJ, you're one of your all time favorite players. I'm sure you have his Jersey in your, Oh, uh, you were going where I was Travis going. Fulgham you were going where I was going. The Denver Broncos roster. So I'm surprised that you did not bring him up as the guy, as the next man up to replace Tim Patrick. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i don't know That's i don't I want going. to say anybody else's name because if i say any name that ever underperformed they become my favorite player apparently so i, I mean you did tell I, me he you did tell me he broke out he, i mean it, it is what he, it is. I said he was usable. <laughs> Dylan was all about the touchdowns and the breakout and 600. And I said he'd make a roster last year. I was wrong about that too. Okay. So it, it's there, there is a sleeper name. There is a sleeper name that I want people to pay attention to. Um, it's Seth Williams. I'm not saying he's going to get the run, but I do think he can play a little bit of that Tim Patrick role. Uh, we saw Kendall Hinton come in and play quarterback. So I don't think that's the guy that they're going to look at. But you're talking about Seth Williams, who's from Auburn. 6'3", and he's he's one of those big-bodied guys that can kind of work the middle of the field, go up and get some jump balls, do some of the things that Tim Patrick does. Um, obviously, you have Jerry Judy. Obviously, you have Cortland Sutton. And then K.J. Hamler is that kind of down-the-field deep Any, ball threat that uh, A.J. mentioned. possibly boost he gets uh, an opportunity, stock of Albert Oak? By any chance, maybe it does have nothing to do with him. Okay, got it. Yeah, that's fair. And maybe, maybe it's not even that. It's yeah, it's just, I think only in the way yeah, of it, there's just it, targets, it might not be much. Like, and I oh, probably am stupid for bringing guy, up you know. Alberto, but let's I mean, get these boring headlines. And really, you can't, we can't start anywhere game. else. But the decision coming down to Sean Watson uh, suspended six <sighs> games, and there was an uproar. It happened last. What the news came out Monday uh, that he was going to be suspended six games for violating the NFL. Uh, the NFL's policy, basically making the NFL look bad, not for being for what he was accused of and all that. That was pushed aside. It was him now being suspended six games for really making the NFL, uh, making a mockery of the NFL, basically. And let's we've been waiting for this news. We've there was all the rumors and we're like, oh, it's whatever. It's it's whatever. Now it's here. Six games is it. Aaron, what were your thoughts on the suspension rolled through? 
Uh, well, you're, I, I think everybody heard my video that I, that is released. But um, listen, I don't want to be yelled at by anybody. And I don't want anybody to think that I'm trying to take sides or like downplay this situation. I just want, I'm speaking strictly from factual information that we have laid out in front of us. He suspended six games. This is not a suspension by the NFL. This is a suspension by an arbitrator that is outside of the NFL. As a matter of fact, the NFL might actually appeal the decision. There's talks that it's not going to happen, but they have the opportunity to actually appeal the decision if they, if they choose to do so. So I don't want people to think this is the NFL setting some bad precedence on, hey, he you know, had all these sexual assault allegations, and look what they did to Calvin Ridley, and look what they did to Josh Gordon, and look what they did to all these other players. We've got to stop doing that. Deshaun Watson had 22-plus sexual assault allegations against him. He sat out all of last year, again, not by the league's doing, by the Houston Texans saying, hey, we are not going to play you. And he sat out all of last year. He now comes into this year, he gets $230 million guaranteed. He gets uh, a contract extension. The Browns trade for him. The NFL probably wanted more. They probably wanted a set of precedent saying, hey, we are going to lay the hammer, make it a year, make it indefinite, whatever. This independent arbitrator says, you know what? I heard the facts from both sides. I am making my decision, and she gave six games. I don't know why she gave six games. None of us know why she actually decided to say six games. But I've heard women groups, um, men, people. I mean, everybody in an uproar about this, especially women groups. And let's not forget the judge was a woman. I'm sure she wasn't happy with what Deshaun Watson did, but I'm sure she had to do her job as a judge and lay out the facts, everything that's happened, and make an arbitrary decision on how long this man is to be without a job. And she did that. And she says six games. Is it right? Is it wrong? I don't know. But it's the decision that was made. And I think what's best at this point is to move forward, especially if you're the NFL. You don't want this black eye to continue to linger over the league, right? You want it to move on. You want people to start thinking about football. We're, you know, four weeks away from the regular season. I am okay with the decision. And I'm okay with the decision because the person that was designated to do that made the decision. Someone far smarter than I am, someone with more facts than I have, made that decision and said six games. And let's, be, let's agree be with real it. Here. Maybe not. No but matter okay what the suspension decision, was that was handed out Browns, to Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, Watson the NFL, whether it's six games, everybody, eight all the games, a whole year, or banned for life, someone somewhere all over the Twitter, Twitter sphere would be in an uproar causing chaos and being upset about the decision. That's what it comes out like. They would be like, oh, it's too much or, oh, it's too little. There was no winning in this situation. And I really like the way you put it. You just have to move on, move forward. And now, obviously, the restrictions are there for Deshaun Watson. He is not allowed to go outside to get any type of massage work. It's all it's all through the Browns. He's the kid that Deshaun. That is funny. I will say that that is funny to me. That's just, I mean, I don't know how they oh, can actually. Oh, it's like, a Kyler Murray that. situation. It wasn't a, like a you, criminal you case. Them, wasn't you like, can't tell the man in, in his offseason. I mean, is it in his contract? So what they, what, they, what they did is they actually right. like he has to wear a wristband I mean, you now. Can't and whenever he goes man, up, hey, like if he comes close to a massage parlor, it beeps and says, no, 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 sir. And it alerts the authorities. That's what it is. AJ, your thoughts. Um, 
I'm oh, don't slightly me. less okay don't about it. Me. Don't uh, bullshit me. Don't bullshit these fans. I was in the, don't bullshit these fans. I saw your Calvin Ridley post. I didn't get loud don't on bullshit these fans. That's I was an uproar. In, I was a little, That's an uproar. I, I was too busy. Yeah. I was too busy to. Oh, oh. Two different that cases. A, that Two different yelling. cases. I, I will say it again. Free Calvin Ridley. Sure. 100%. I'll say it. Free Calvin Ridley. Either way, that well, neither here nor there. That's not well, the thing is, is people people are, are, are serious bro, about that, came, about it, like comparing said, this to Calvin Ridley. Less than two a year, different I was cases. Say free two different Ridley. cases. So it didn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Well, since we went there, if we are talking about a stain on the league, and you were talking about the the optics, if you will. When you have a guy in an era where you're one as the NFL, you are putting out promotional videos for the Black Lives Matter movement, where you're pushing forward towards being a part of the, the NFL is LGBTQ, the NFL is Me Too, the NFL is BLM, those commercials. And then you have something like this. And again, I understand it was an independent arbitrator. This, yeah, it's going to look really bad. Then you have a guy who, bueno. when he wasn't Still active bueno. in the NFL, placed a parlay with seven teams on with his team in the middle to win the game. Not like, hey, he's probably going to lose, and I know that someone's not playing. Like it, And then it's an entire year, $11.1 million loss. Deshaun Watson's not even going to lose a million. Like, I, I can understand why people will go to that one first. I understand why people go to Josh Gordon and 25-plus games for marijuana, and that's about to come down because the NFL has just realized they're probably going to lose that battle soon enough, and they're probably going to want to start making money when they can start doing advertisements because it's legal in 40-plus states at that point in time. I digress. For me, I think that I, I, it sounds petty. I feel like I would have been better with eight games. And it seems like the Browns were preparing for six to eight games. That's what I keep hearing is they expected it would have been around there. And if I'm the NFL, I do at least appeal. Because if, if like, like Aaron said, you don't want this black mark over the league. If they do nothing, it will continue to be a black mark. Because everyone's going to say, oh, the NFL is okay with their players being out there doing things like this as long as they show up on Sunday and keep their ratings and their dollars in the pocket. And to an extent, that's probably true. But if you at least appeal and say, we were pushing for the year, we were pushing for at least that year and see how it plays out from there, you did you did what you could. You, you at least said that we did not agree with this. We wanted to fight it a little more. The arbitrator made their secondary decision. And let's not forget, two grand juries also made decisions that it wasn't going to be criminally charged. Why shouldn't the NFL at least get a second decision put out there if they at least want to come correct as a league and say you are doing this for the betterment of your shield? Yeah, so um, <laughs> I knew this was going to get into the weeds because uh, I, I do want to break some of the stuff you talked about, Dan. And I do like bringing up the conversations of the Calvin Ridley, Josh Gordon, because I do think it matters. I, I do think the fact that we have people comparing that, it, it continues to show the lack of awareness and lack of facts that we actually have as fans. Like, we don't know the circumstances behind all these things. We know that we see allegations and we want reaction. We want action. The fact is, Deshaun Watson never admitted to any wrongdoing outside of, you know, putting a stain on the league. He never, uh, there was no criminal charges. There wasn't a Ray Rice video. There wasn't a Robert Kraft video. There was no, there was, at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Calvin Ridley broke an NFL rule 
by betting on the NFL. And to say he wasn't a part of the NFL is false. He was on a roster. He was he part was, of the he was part active. of the Atlanta Falcons. He, was he, he wasn't active, That's correct. Right. He wasn't yeah. playing because he decided he needed to be away from the NFL, yet he was betting on it. So that's a whole other situation. And I, I agree. I think the betting thing is, might be stupid, but he knew the rule and he chose to bet on it. And players have been banned for life because of that. Like this is the rule that everybody knows. What we're talking about with Deshaun Watson is these allegations. And we have to be very, very careful. And I'm not trying to absolve Deshaun Watson of this at Absolutely. all. It is very easy for these guys to be labeled as whatever because there were allegations against them. And somebody I said agree. there was no precedent set for the six games. I actually think there was. Ezekiel Elliott got six games when he supposedly had some allegations against a female. Um, there was another six-game suspension when there was supposedly allegations against a female. So I think this the reason this is blowing out so much is because of how many allegations there were. But it was one female, but but if it was one female and he got six games, nobody says anything. 22 women say, hey, I'm, I, he some, did something to me during the, these massages, and we say he should never play football again or no, eight games or 10 games. My problem is the allegation. And I'm not yeah. saying, again, that he didn't deserve to be suspended. He didn't deserve certain things. But had they suspended him all of last year, basically they did, not the NFL, but the Houston Texans did, and yeah. now he gets six more games. I'm okay with him saying, you know what, the man – Nobody forced the Browns to pay him $230 million. That was their choice. And that's a lot of this. That's a lot of why this looks really, really bad. Because he, he also gets the money. But the man has is going to miss 22 football games where he did not get to play. And so I, I think at this point, if I'm the NFL, I don't want to challenge. I don't want it to linger. And you say that they have to show that they're against it. If they show they're against it, guess what the NFL the, the fans are going to still do? Well, if the NFL really wanted to do it, they would have suspended him. They, it's just going to keep it in the conversation when the conversation there's no win- needs to stop. There's, there's no, no winning. winning. There's, there's no, no winning. winning in the situation. It doesn't matter if the NFL comes out and says, we want to do this. They've come out and said, we want diversity, but yet Colin Kaepernick's still out of the league and they're still getting hammered for that. So like, they're still, they're, they talk about all the rules with black coaches and they're getting hammered for that too. Like, the, there's no winning for the NFL. here. The, the only way for them to win is get the fans to focus on football. The only way to do that is to stop the conversation. Stop the conversation, you just leave it alone. It is going to be a conversation come week seven. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, for one week, though. Yeah. That'll be a one-week conversation. Maybe I think it'll be a conversation until the Browns make the playoffs, and then we're talking about how great Deshaun Watson yeah. has been for the Cleveland Browns. If Deshaun Watson will be out week seven, eight, plays well, Browns win, we are no longer talking about sexual assault allegations. We are talking about Deshaun Watson being an MVP yeah. candidate or the great quarterback that he is, because this happens all the time. People like talk. People weren't talking about Zeke after he got suspended. People don't talk about these players. I think when they start to do what they're supposed. I, to I think. I think it'll play game. All these things. I, I think, think it doesn't matter the magnitude a little bit. Like well, I, that's and you mentioned that that's a part of it, but I think that will have this conversation linger a little longer than you're mentioning as of this point. Go ahead. Ben. I think it'll still always be a note, though. Like it'll still yeah, always absolutely. be. It just, just won't like be Big like ben. the big strong because, like, that's what it is with, with like Tom Brady. You brought up to Flakey. It always still gets brought up here and there. It's always still a note with Tom Brady. It'll always still be a note with Sean Watson. But the more he does good, which we all think he's going to be a very good quarterback for the Browns. It's just going to become that little note with him. Let's go on to these other morning headlines here real quick. Well, we'll see how real quick it goes. Yeah. 
Debo Samuel, three-year, $73.5 million max deal, $58.1 million guaranteed uh, to stay with the San Francisco 49ers after going from demanding a trade to getting paid. Debo Samuel is still a San Francisco 49er. AJ, what were your thoughts on that deal when it rolled through shortly after uh, it, shortly after the DK Metcalf deal, actually? Uh, he, he forced he forced the San Francisco 49ers hand. Uh, AJ Brown was right to speak out. And these guys deserve their money. And everyone's waiting to see what happens with Deontay Johnson. With Debo Samuel, I feel like it was a little bit for on his side for what I was saying last week. You know, he's been injured in his past. He doesn't want to afford trying to go and prove himself again with the fact of an injury lingering out there. He forced the 49ers hand. They paid him the money because they know he's a talent uh, and a talent that they plan to use in many different ways. Uh, and I do find it funny that as soon as he got his money, all of a sudden there was no issues about being a wide back and you can run me however you want. And there's running back incentives in his contract now and uh, things of that nature. So um, I just hope he can stay healthy and live up to the contract. So the noise about the fact that he doesn't quote unquote deserve that money uh, can be hushed. Uh, I think he's super talented. I think he's going to show it again and maybe he'll get another big contract in his NFL career. Uh, that remains to be seen. Aaron Niner gang happy about that deal? Oh, I mean, you have to be happy if you're the Niners bringing back a player of that caliber. Uh, what I I I, I want to talk about AJ's point. What what happened? We heard in the offseason Debo Samuel wanted to be the highest paid wide receiver. Well, he's not that. Said he's wanted to be. They said they wanted to pay him as perhaps top five to seven. Well, he's the top. He's the fifth. So what was this? I want to trade talk. I, I I'm curious. This. Was this attention grabbing? Was this I want step one? Step one of what? They were they were already they were already ready to pay him as a top five wide receiver. Guess where he got paid? Top five wide receiver money, twenty four million dollars a year, which is the number that was originally talked about four months ago. So what was all this talk with these? I I I don't don't know. I do not remember. I do not remember an initial news report that they wanted to pay him. I thought, from what I recall, that was part of the big issue was that they weren't going to come out the right pocket. And second was that the whole wide back narrative out there. So but that's my point. Um, they said they, they came out and said they were going to pay him. They said, we want Debo here. We, we expect him to be here. We are going to get him. He said he wanted to leave. No, no, no. He said, he didn't say anything. Debo was quiet. Everybody was chirping reports, agent. Everybody was chirping about Debo wanting out. He kept putting little nuggets on Twitter about, People think they know what's going on. People think they know what's going on. Everybody, the rumors were, didn't want to play running back anymore. What was this all about? This is why, this to me is one of the biggest problems in the NFL, is the transparency and all the the code words and what we're doing. And players are so afraid to come out and just say what is going on. Speak your truth, man. Debo, tell us what was going on. If you just wanted to have running back incentives in your contract, tell the 49ers that. And if they don't want to do it, move on. If they do, then they're going to put them in there. But to get... $24 $24 million, which is the fifth highest receiver. That could have been done four months ago. That didn't have, we didn't have to do all this drama. Let's be on the internet during the offseason. This just makes me feel like these players want attention. Because everything that was what I thought was going to happen in the end, which was him not get paid as a top wide receiver because he's not, and get paid around the fifth, sixth best receiver, that's what happened. And now, now here we are talking about it right before training camp when all offseason, all we heard was this, all this bullshit going on. I, I just want players to understand, like, speak what you want, say what you want, and move on. Devontae Adams told the Packers, I am not signing a deal. 
He felt disrespected. That never changed. They offered him all the money in the world. And he said, I am not signing the contract. This is why I have so much respect for Devontae Adams. He requested a trade, got traded. End of story. Why are these why are these players playing games? If you don't want to be there, don't be there. If you want to be there and you just want a certain amount of money, tell them you want that money. I don't need all this Tyler Murray, De- Debo Samuel dropping nuggets. It's too much drama. It's it's, it's attention seeking at its best. Yeah, but at the same time, and I see, and I, I understand, respect, I get your points, all that. But at the same time, I mean, you're talking about ruthless businessmen at the top too. It ain't like they're coming out and say, "Tell me what you want." We're just gonna do that exactly. I mean, I'm I guarantee there was some games on the other side played as well before they got to that point. So maybe even if they said they wanted to pay him this way, maybe they said they were planning on using him to this extent if they paid him this way. Then maybe then he made the complaint, and then they had to go back to the table and think about some things. I'm not saying that they were maybe maybe he always wanted to be there. Maybe that was the case, but maybe at the same time, I he, he wanted to be come there. with some BS. So he had to come with some BS. No, that, that's what I'm up. saying. Why the players have the leverage, especially in a situation like Debo Samuel. Like he had so much leverage because he didn't have to sign. What were they going to do? Like he could have forced his way out of there. If he really wanted to leave the 49ers, he would be gone. The difference is he I'm had leverage. It was never going to get down to him not playing. Like, it was always going to be the Niners were going to pay him the money that he wanted. That money that he wanted could have been paid back then. He, when he came out and said, I want to be traded, and then drop it off, like, I just felt like it's just over the top. And I don't know all the facts. You're right. But I do know that we've seen this way too many times where players talk about, I want to be traded. And then all of a sudden, Step well, one. no, I don't want to be traded. Like, Step one. <laughs> I, I, I don't like that. To, again, maybe it's a yeah. personal thing. I don't like that. I don't respect the, the drama and playing it out through the media. I respect you going in there, you tell them what you want, and you move on. And if they I don't want that. it, you, you demand that trade, and then stick to your word. Because the team was going to pay them that money, whether it was the Niners or somebody else. I just, I think it's, I think this is the best part of it all, is this A.J. Brown tweet, which is not loading <laughs> yep. for some reason. So right there. Is it? It was yeah. definitely up. <laughs> oh, it's not showing up yeah. on mine. It's is super oh. weird. But, oh, but A.J. AJ Brown tweet AJ Brown tweeted this basically all four of us got the same contract and I'm the only one who got traded. Yeah, I keep believing it was me. Anywho, go birds, hashtag carry on uh from AJ Brown, who was obviously traded from the Tennessee but you Titans. See, that's the difference. AJ Brown didn't come out and say nothing. AJ Brown was quiet during the offseason, and all of a sudden, and- what happened? He was gone because he knew that the Titans were gonna pay him. They knew that they weren't gonna pay him, and it was done. Yeah. That could have been Debo Samuel. That's all I'm saying. And yeah. hey, and 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 D, DK had the same thing. D, there was no, there was nothing really going on with D. It's just he just I, said I'm not going to be at camp. He said, he said, yeah, and I'm not going to be. It's just camp. certain. Oh, I, I get. I guess it's just certain business tactics. It, it's just stupid. It's just silly. It's just silly. But that, <laughs> all right. Uh, we are going to get into the Dolphins Stephen Ross suspension, all that nonsense tomorrow morning on the show. Oh, if you oh. want it. God damn it. Okay. Dolphins owner Stephen Ross uh, really shit the bed with the Miami, really made everything terrible. The Dolphins owner Stephen Ross uh, was suspended till October. <laughs> Team was hit heavy, loss of first round draft pick next year, third round draft pick in the following year because of tampering. The tampering included communications with guys like Tom Brady when he was a free eight, when he was trending towards being a free agent and Sean Payton uh, when he was still with the New Orleans Saints. Lots of heavy, heavy punishment heading Stephen Ross's way of the Miami Dolphins. 
Aaron, the floor is yours. I have so many issues with this. So many issues in so many different directions. First of all, we obviously know Stephen Ross has issues because we also have rumblings of him telling a coach to tank for $100,000, right? But yet, there's been no... No penalties for that. No, no penalties for that yet. But hey, let me let me try to lure Tom Brady from New England or lure Sean Payton. But my biggest issue with the NFL is what the hell is tampering? Is is tampering? Hey, AJ, you have a job, and I'm a I might be a better company or a better business that says, AJ, you know you're working for McDonald's right now, but come work for come work for In and Out. Come work for the In and Out Burger because <laughs> we pay you a little bit more got a better burger and we're going to treat you a little bit better what is wrong with that isn't that what we are built on if if i get a station that comes to me and says hey aaron espn is on the phone aaron espn uh we want you to come work for us oh no i'm sorry i can't talk to you because i work for yada yada station like <laughs> wait, why is tampering a thing why can't you have a conversation with another entity saying you know what i'm exploring my options Maybe I am going to be a freezer. Maybe I'm not. That's a grown man that gets to make a decision on his future, his money, his pocket, his family, and he can't be approached by some other entity. I, I, I just, tampering is so stupid. And then the, the team loses the first and the third round That's picks heavy. or whatever. And That's what does that, that do? Is heavy. What does that do for those guys on the field? Now you get. Do it with a lack of a weapon now because they don't get a draft in the first round or maybe protection on the offensive line or uh, a defensive player that they need on defense. That's not penalizing. It's penalizing everybody that's on the field, those players, those coaches that did nothing wrong. And you get an owner says, you know what? You're suspended through October. What the hell does the owner do during games that requires him to actually be a part of the team anyway? It's so damn stupid. Steven Ross's job is still the same, whether he's suspended or whether they still, they lose that first round pick. Cause that, then you, you brought up the fact that it, it hurts the players on the field and everything it also hurts like the GM and the coaches now that are involved. Cause now they don't have that. It also hurts a player in college that now does not get drafted in the first round because there's only 31 first round draft picks yeah. instead of 32. Like, yeah, I, I and, don't and Steven, understand that. And Steven Ross, out of all of this, is really not being affected because he's the freaking owner of the team. There is paid. no, he, he there is no like to go home and so, work remote. <laughs> so, so that that is a very good point. Now let's keep going with this. What would you? How would you punish the owner for? If, just, just entertain me here. Tampering, illegal, either way, whether you like it or not, is a thing. It's illegal. How would you? punish Steven Ross to make it so that it's him getting punished and not just the team coaches and staff. I don't know that there's a right answer. An owner. The, the problem is you can only find an owner so much. So you can find him, take some of his money away. More the man's money. a billionaire. Like nobody, you find him a million dollars. He's like, damn, darn. Like no invites, no, no, no invites to the owners' cocktail meetings. Okay, you're not invited. You, the the Miami City will not be uh, nominated to host a Super Bowl anymore. Uh, but then you're hurting again. Yeah. You're just hurting the city and you're the fans. Everybody and, else around. Like, like the, the owners have such a huge advantage because you can only do so much of them. The NFL has to do a better job of understanding the landscape of, them. and the, that's 
my point is the landscape of the business, this whole tampering thing, what is it actually doing? We, I don't know what the circumstances behind it. Maybe they called him a day too early. Maybe they spoke to him when they weren't supposed to speak to him. Who cares? I I, I thought it was, I thought the suspension with the, all this was coming for the, the Brian Flores. Uh, yeah, but that's what I was thinking. Like, oh, but what? we have nothing for that. We have, we, oh, no, they, Brian Flores. They came we out and said they found, they came out and said they found that there was nothing wrong. They didn't tell him to lose games despite oh, yeah. Brian Flores they said, writing they said it was the, at that time. They said it was the wording. Like there was too many conflicting reports about a, what was actually said during the process, which is just absolutely wild what, in my opinion. What is actually, do you guys know what tampering actually what is? I know this one. Because what's, I, what's the Wi-Fi Padilla version of the definition like, of tampering? Don't teams get contacted all the time? players like wanting trades and then you give them permission to seek a trade like why, why I, I don't understand that anyways they're talking to him anyway i've seen the movie yeah. draft day i remember when kevin costner was eating pancakes talking to the seattle seahawks gm and saying okay yeah great movie uh terrible I, I reference don't get it i just don't get it tampering is the dumbest thing yeah yeah and, uh, agreed apparently though it was uh at an unprecedented level of severity of tampering because of a coach and their star but, player all at the same time. If AJ, if your contract's over in September, you're a free agent. If I approach you and I'm not saying, Hey, come to my team now, but you know what? Hey, in September, man, you're a free agent. Come to my team. What I, the f- is wrong with that? I don't think honestly, AJ, you, I think you brought it up the severity of like the severity of it. I, I, for some, and just, this is my feeling here. If this was Andrew Wingard, safety for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Stephen Ross was tampering with signing him, I don't think there would be any type of punishment or whatever. I think you brought up the severe. I think that's what it is because it was Tom Brady and Sean Payton as the two that were. I think Belichick. Ooh, yes. <laughs> that is the person that would snitch to get a competitive advantage over the Dolphins by losing draft. Picks. Oh man, Karma's Knowing a bitch. That Tom Bill. Brady was already going to leave. Karma's a bitch, Bill. You're going to miss the playoffs yeah. this year, and it's going to come back to bite you in the ass. Okay. All right. Let's get into our NFC South training camp deep dive here. We're going to go. We're going to roll through it here, boys. Starting off with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have been in the headlines a lot this this uh, this training camp. Starting with the uh, the obvious injury to uh, what Ryan Jensen. That's it. Sorry, Ryan Jensen. Uh, losing him was a big part. But uh, some notes that I had from training camp headlines by playoff Lenny Leonard Fournette coming in and saying he's got big jeans when he was asked about uh, his weight and coming into training camp a little overweight Tom Brady turns 45 tomorrow by the way just to let you gentlemen know or today he actually turns 45 happy birthday Tom Brady birthday Tom one other one other interesting note that like I I took this and I was like I want to put this in my opening monologue here for uh, Bucks camp Antoine Winfield was asked about how training camp was going and something he brought up was saying that there's goats everywhere in the wide receiver room. You got a goat at quarterback. You got goats everywhere on this team. And he's not wrong. I mean, who, maybe not, maybe not like goat goats, like greatest of all time, but like, well, that's what it means. He's that's what it lot. means to be a goat. It's there's not a this lot acronym, of, but you know, <laughs> there's a lot of great, I mean, you do have the goat at quarterback. You have an all-timer in Julio Jones there now. Obviously, he's not the same Julio Jones, 
Mike Evans is is an all he's all, Mike Evans is a fantastic, phenomenal wide receiver. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's an all time great. You were all gonna time. say it. Go ahead. I was. Yeah. I mean, I really yeah, like Mike can. Evans. I think you that can. I. I just didn't want to get bombarded with attacks of Tyreek Hill being better. Of Mike That's Evans. one you can die on your hill for. So, and people, so, if people come in here saying Mike Evans isn't an all-timer, bye. You're dumb. You're dumb. Exactly. So, so there's there's <laughs> tons of goats on this team. Tons of tons of legendary type players on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But there's also some young guys on this team, including defensive lineman Joe Tryon, who Aaron, you were very high on. You were very high on. Try on coming into this draft class. I like that. Ha 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 ha. But he has been the talk of Bucks camp. And obviously the Bucks did not re-sign JPP and had a lot of faith in Tryon. Aaron, what should we expect from him this season? Expect a lot. Expect exactly what I said you were going to get from him this year. This is why you don't have to bring back a JPP. This guy's young. Remember, he was a first round pick. It's not like some late round pick that just jumped out of nowhere. He was a first round pick from Washington. He's a guy that can set the edge, get on get on the outside, and get to the quarterback. Four sacks last year, but he only started six games. He played limited, obviously, behind um, Barrett there, behind JPP. And oh, that defensive line was so good the last couple of seasons. He hasn't got as much work. Now you're going to get a guy that comes in. And again, he's not some, some name that people know about. This is a guy that's 6'5", 259, and quick off the ball. I mean, he gets to the quarterback very, very fast. You talk about JPP being 33, 34. He is a younger version of that type of player. He's going to make waves in that NFC South. Plus, we're talking about look, Atlanta has Marcus Mariota. Carolina has whoever the hell's in that carousel of a quarterback room. And then the Saints have Jameis Winston coming back from an ACL injury. There's going to be plenty of sacks to go around. Joe Tryon's going to be a recipient of those. He's going to be somebody that kind of anchors that defense on the other side. Um, when you get so you can't, if you're going to double team Barrett. There's Joe Tryon, right? So he doesn't have the name. He doesn't have the the kind of clout that a Barrett has. And then he's going to be able to wreak some more havoc, especially in those one-on-one matchups. But again, his physicalness, his burst off the ball coming from college into the NFL, it was there. And I think it was it was evident last year. I think you're going to see more of it this year, especially when he's playing full a full complement of snaps. I look forward to him having double-digit sacks this year. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Beast. I mean, it, for the, we don't normally like to really get high on the training camp reports here, but he has been all over the quarterback in, in, in camp. He also, and this is the stats that I give you here. He's also got an interception in camp, batted up ball the other day and he came up with the interception. So Joe Tryon has been the big time standout uh, at Bucks camp. Ooh, to talk about the wide receiver position or not to talk about the wide receiver position. Let's just do it here. Obviously added Julio Jones for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They had Russell Gage. They have Russell Gage, who we've been all high on for at least fantasy purposes. Mike Evans is still there. Chris Godwin was not on the pup list. He's going to be working his way through injuries. AJ, what is the current state of the wide receiver position in Tampa Bay? To an extent, it's a replication of what they built their success on the last two years, and that's having weapons to go around. I mean, you got a guy like Julio Jones sitting out there. This is what they did with all the other players the last couple of seasons. Oh, nobody wants to pick up Leonard Fournette? 
we'll go ahead and do that. Nobody wants to grab Antonio Brown, we'll go ahead and do that. Julio Jones is sitting out there, and sure, he's been injured for the last two years, but something tells me if I, if I pair a great like Julio Jones with a great like Tom Brady, I'm sure we'll get enough production that we're satisfied with it until we have the likes of our star guys being Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. So this is going to be another situation where Tom Brady has places to go with the ball. He's not devoid of weapons, and if all of a sudden he keeps getting linemen that going down, God forbid for Tom Brady, he is 45 now, uh, he's going to need those <laughs> weapons so he can get the ball out quick and then that these guys can move the chains without him having to do all the work so i just think it's another situation where they brought in a decent amount of weapons tom brady has options and it's the way he gets to finish out his career no matter if that's this year next season or the year after not how it looked his last season in new england uh yeah there was there was nobody there there was nobody <laughs> there in new england now he's got that's a what whole... he said when he threw his last interception there's nobody there. <laughs> There's, nobody There's there never been there. anybody there in New England. Outside yeah. of Randy Moss, he's throwing the guys with no names for his entire career. Yeah. He'd tell you there were yep. people there because he made them look good. He made all those names. Yeah, he made yeah. all those names. I Julian Edelman, even. Danny Amendola, Dion Branch, all those guys. Wes, Wes Walker. But I'm not saying they were. Guys. I'm just saying he made them work. <laughs> like there may not have been a Randy Moss every single year. But he looked at those guys as a weapon. His last season, he didn't look at anybody as a weapon. He just threw the ball and hoped for the best. But what I'm saying is why do you think his best numbers have come with Tampa Bay? At 44. The reasons I I laid out. out. Because he actually has the weapons. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be fun to watch him with – it's just going to be – Fun to watch Julio him with Julio. Okay. With Julio. Uh, Not just, 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 you the, stop just against the, Julio Jones. Just the name. Just last no, year. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just saying it's just going to be fun to watch Tom, and and hear someone say Tom Brady to Julio Jones. We lived maybe in a time won. where both maybe those players. Won. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's, he's not going to make week two. Oh man, that's just disrespectful. But no, also it's, factual. it's factual. It's factual. It's factual. Okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. We're going to move on now to <laughs> the New Orleans Saints here. Their camp uh, has been underway there di- through day six of their camp going into day seven today. Moved inside yesterday on Tuesday because of rain. Lots of scuffles, though. This is what the big uh, report I've been getting out of Saints camp. Lots of scuffles yesterday on Tuesday. Two of them coming from rookie offensive lineman Trevor Penning being in the middle of it all. He's been just a mess it's been a, he has been a mess yes. in camp a it's, mess it, and it, it could be a good thing it could be a bad thing but from what i've been seeing and reading and catching up on this camp stuff from from trevor penning is he's had some mauler type plays and then he's also just been absolutely embarrassed and he's a rookie he's going to go through that kind of stuff but it was just that was just a very interesting note uh from from saints camp the other highlight, though, the other thing that we have to talk about is Jameis Winston coming back and his new crop of weapons here. All of these pass catchers are new for Jameis Winston, really. It's Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave. They're all new for him. So, AJ, what's the how has Jameis Winston looked during Saints camp? Well, the plus part for Jameis Winston is he just has to be comfortable again. I mean, he's coming off an ACL and an MCL tear. And, uh, you know, they, they had the luxury of bringing him back 
I don't want to say slowly, but they didn't have to rush anything. You know, they sent him out of OTAs. They sent him out of minicamp. So when he got back into training camp, he was ready to go. And the way he tells it, he was ready to go in OTAs and minicamp. He said he felt strong. He felt like he was good. But coming back in training camp, he felt like he's even more explosive uh, than he was about a month ago. So he's he's been able to get comfortable. He's been able to sit back, make sure he's going through his progressions the right way, make sure the play the playbook is what he's used to, and he's bringing along his guys that he knows is going, are going to be go-tos. Him and Michael Thomas are putting in extra work together. He's really enjoying having Chris Olave and the different ways he's been able to use him, whether it's coming out of the flats on the backfield, getting him in the mid-game, getting him on the comebacks on the deep routes, getting him down the field. So uh, he's, he's had a bevy of different plays, throwing it all over the field. I just want to see that he's able to kind of do what he did last year as far as not th- turning the ball over but also kind of doing what he was able to do in Tampa Bay and actually pro- uh, produce yardage. Cause that was something we weren't seeing too much of last year. You know, yeah, he wasn't turning the ball over, but he wasn't being forced to put the ball down the field that often. And that may help, obviously, you know, you don't have so many risky plays, uh, but being the saints and knowing where they want to be in that division. And now, like you said, with the new uh, litany of weapons that he has, you're going to have those opportunities and you just have to be able to connect on those. Aaron, your thoughts on Michael Thomas? You, you want to go into that no, at all here? Michael Thomas. We're not so, hey, Michael Thomas. I heard I the other day, I don't know if you guys are aware, Michael Thomas nope. is actually not even doing it. He's not playing in 11 11s. He's not doing 7 I'll say He's not doing any of that stuff. Like, he just took Mostly him off the PUB list. Get in shape again. Like, that, when he gets on the field and plays in a game, let me know. Until then, he's just, I'm excited to be out here. You know, it's been a long journey. Yeah, get your journey ass on the field. Like, <laughs> I don't. I, I, when you you guys told me he went off the pup list. I got okay. Look, maybe he is back. So I turn on some Saints camp, and then I hear the report. Yeah, Michael Thomas still isn't doing anything in the eleven eleven. Still not going up against the defense, but he's running on the side and making sharp cuts and cool. He's having an Instagram workout again. Like, who cares? Get on the field and play football. If you're not on the field to play football, I don't care at this point in time. Play football. Uh, uh, that might be some last week stuff. I, I mean, all the stuff I saw from the day he was working with, with the groups and everything. I don't know if he – I don't think he was doing contact to a full extent or anything. And I understand what you're saying about that on the field, in contact. But I, I definitely, from what I saw today, he's been ramping some stuff up. So, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's like, oh, he's going to just be a cheerleader again all season. Have so. I seen a Michael Thomas highlight in, a, in a, an 11-on-11 drill yet? I, I haven't. I don't, I don't Maybe know. Maybe you guys if- can find me. I haven't seen any I haven't seen any highlights of Michael Thomas where there's other people really around him other than like like getting thrown the ball like there's no defense he's, on the other right. side. He's, he's running some rounds. Like, not... I know he's done some one-on-ones. Show me, some some me some where he's caught a ball on somebody and I'll say, "You know what? That's progress." <laughs> <laughs> like that's all I can say. But I haven't yeah. seen him I just haven't seen him hit. I haven't, I haven't yeah. seen nothing. So, I'm not excited for that until I see it. That's all. Yeah, I'm not see, trying to, I'm, I don't want to keep coming down on the guy. You, you're forcing me to. <laughs> Damn right I am. Damn right I am. Michael good... Thomas saying, "Is he who shall not be named?" He yeah, hates there it is. Michael Thomas <laughs> just absolutely hates Michael Thomas. You're really, uh, you're really, you hate the Saints. That's what it is. You hate the Saints because Chris Olave, Michael Thomas. You're gonna throw Jameis Winston later because you're gonna be like, I oh, he's split... oh, I yeah, those workouts. He can't hate him after this. <laughs> That's fair. I've always loved Jameis. That's fair. How how can you hate famous Jameis Winston? All right, let's move on to AJ's Atlanta. Wait, wait a second. Hold on. Can we pop time out here? 
timeout and all the everything going on with the show here. We've done it again. You've AJ, done it. AJ, no, 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 no. We've done this again, where we're talking about an entire division with a fan here with the Atlanta Falcons hat on. This is yeah. just something special here. This is just but, something no, special here. It's different because Dylan goes out of his way to put hats on. I wear this three out of four days a week. Like, I don't care who we're talking about. I'm 90%. If I'm not wearing this, I'm it's wearing just, my wholesale day. That, that your guys' fandom is clouds your judgment. That's why I always crush you guys. Why well, I, I don't I, I don't think that AJ has been cl- too cloudy today. Uh, I'm with just higher it. on him than you guys are. <laughs> That's all. And, and I, I do recall Dylan, and it would it, – if I was a Texans fan or a Titans fan or a Colts fan, I would not listen to that jackass wearing a Jaguar uh, hoodie. <laughs> uh, but I digress. Let's move on to AJ's Atlanta Falcons here. They have had their camp underway. And something that jumped off the page to me here is out of the 89 players on the field at Falcons camp, 49 of them are brand spanking new players, whether it be a rookie or a player coming in on a brand new contract, a prove it type of deal is what I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of chatter from camp. It's a lot of players who are on prove it type of deals like a Marcus Mariota and uh, Atlanta Fox sports Atlanta's Kelly price reported that the buzzword around Falcons camp is competition. Now that obviously might seem ridiculous because that's what training camp is for. It's competition, but it's a little different at Falcons camp. And here's Marcus Mariota on how it's special. I think for one, it creates an atmosphere when you're out at practice where guys understand that this might be their last opportunity or this might be the best opportunity they've gotten in a couple of years. So the competition on a practice is at a high level. And when you're able to do that, it creates game-like situations and game-like scenarios that when this team gets out there and we start week one, I think guys will feel very comfortable with where they're at. I feel like guys are playing for their lives here. Yeah, that's what they're 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 playing for their careers, including a Marcus Mariota. So AJ, what is the biggest competition you're watching for at Falcons camp? You know, honestly, to an extent, most of the competition isn't what you think. It's not the sexy ones. It's not the exciting ones in most cases. And it's funny that it came to this because you always make me the offensive lineman guy. And honestly, those are the competitions that really matter at this point in time. And it sucks to say that because it doesn't really matter how it plays out. Our offensive line is still going to have a lot of problems. Um, So the quick one I'll give you, and then I have a little other piece that I have for you, but the quick one I'll give you is the guy that everyone was pointing the fingers at last year, Jalen Mayfield on the left side of the line. He's the guy that we are looking to see if he's going to step up. They wanted to point a lot to, well, he was young last year and he's learning the NFL and so on and so forth. Well, five, six days through training camp, he still hasn't progressed enough. Elijah Wilkerson has come in and has been taking a lot of the first team reps over a guy like that. And Elijah Wilkerson's a guy they look at who's quick off the quick off the line. He's got good power. He's agile enough for what they're looking to do, but he's also making the switch to guard. You know, so he's also having to learn a couple of things here. But that's the one that matters, because to me, if Jalen Mayfield still comes out and ends up being that starter, you have to look at the rest of this line and really wonder if they've made any progress. Now, the one that I really care about to me, and it's not really even a competition, it's more just something to keep your eye on, and I've been consistent about this conversation, and that's the running back room and uh, our new rookie, Tyler Algier. This is a guy that uh, a lot of people have some high hopes for, including everybody in that Falcons organization. 
And it has to do with if or not he's going to be able to lighten the load for Cordero Patterson, a guy who last year took about 40% of the running snaps uh, of the carries while also playing wide receiver. The other thing is that Tyler Algier is the type of guy that Arthur Smith likes. He's a powerful back. He doesn't shy away from contact. He's a guy that showed it in college, 1,600 yards last year, good for third in the nation, 23 touchdowns. But the big number is 1,800 yards after contact since 2020. It's a guy who's not going to shy away, but he's agile enough to go out and make the cuts and actually take off and run down the field. So I'm looking to see how fast he can kind of be uh, brought into this offense, lighten the load as far as running back goes when it comes to Cordero Patterson so they can use him a little bit more as those weapons on the outside because that's what everyone talks about being the void of. Outside of Kyle Pitts and Drake London, you're hoping that Brian Edwards is going to be the guy who's good enough for Marcus Mariota. But if you can add a Cordero Patterson into that wide receiver room and just give another weapon in another way, some good things might end up happening. All right, cool. And so are yeah, we moving? <laughs> yeah, man, I thought I thought you looked like you were about to like say you were about to say something. Oh, they're, they're, they're they're two and fifteen. That's what they're gonna do. Um, oh my, Vinny, I do want to bring it. You talked about competition. Let me give you a little insight of the Atlanta Falcons. Not that I'm an insider or anything, but I will be at training camp. <laughs> oh my uh, goodness, coming up to, coming up in the next week or so. Um, that that's you didn't even do it really justice. Arthur Smith stood up in front of the team. And, <laughs> Arthur Sorry, I'm not, uh, uh, and literally told each and every one of them, like, your job's on the line. Like, every single snap is a competition, and you could be first string, and tomorrow you could be sitting on the bench. And he told them that. Um, and, yes, that could be just coach speak. It could be training camp talk. But I think it just speaks to the youth that's on the Atlanta Falcons. You talked about the 49 players that are new to the team. They had no real – struck i don't say structure they didn't have any real like that foundational piece right the only foundational pieces they really have was kyle pitts like that's the only name that stands out uh you know grady jared obviously being there Deion jones like those guys that, that have been there but um and then aj, AJ Terrell. Terrell. outside of that there there really wasn't really foundational pieces there that can say this guy we know is going to be on the field so i think that's what it speaks to the competition level uh the most was just the the level of intensity that they want to play within training camp, but it's not going to, it'll, it'll be great for jobs. It's not going to translate to real. They're not good. Wow. What an asshole. What an asshole. It's just like, I just speak the truth, man. We we, we don't want to waste time on, on talking about like, well, they could be, no, the Falcons aren't good enough this year. They're in a rebuild. They are trying to get better. I'm going to ask this question completely off doc. Not even going to sugar I've had this thought in my head and I would love to interview a, an actual NFL player who has been through this, but I'm going to, you're the next closest thing, Aaron, because you I can do that for you when I'm at Falcons yeah, camp. Yeah. Like I need you to do that for me. I need you to do that for me. And it might be a dick question to ask, but ask it anyways. I want to know what it's like to be an NFL player that is on a shitty team and what that mentality, like, obviously you're not going into the season thinking, Oh, we're going to lose every game. But like, you have to be like, there's no way that you do not have the mental awareness of, okay, we're a rebuilding team. We're a young team. We might not win a lot of games. It's going to be tough. There's going to be some, some, if not a lot of losses. How do you get yourself mentally prepared for that type of, like, obviously like you're in, you played sports. You no, were playing on a shitty hockey team. How did I, you get prepared? 
Yeah, I, I'm just I'm naive and I hope for the best. That's what it is. There's no <laughs> mental preparedness. But like, is that what it is? Is it just no. like is it just like that where no. it's like, okay, I'm I'm just hoping for the best here? Like, what is their like what is driving you your role? Players? You understand your role. So there's everybody's role is different on the team, right? A Marcus Mariota's role is not just to be like, oh, I gotta play my best to, to like he's gotta play his best to earn a job. He's gotta play his best to lead his team to show that he has leadership qualities. The NFL is different because every day you're playing for another job, regardless of what your team does. So the mindset isn't like, are we going to win a lot of games or are we going to lose a lot of games? What can I do to make our team better, to make myself stand out, to get me paid? Like there's multiple facets of what I'm looking for. Yes, they're very, they're not oblivious to the fact that they're not going to win a lot of games. Do they have confidence? Yes, because you're not in the NFL unless you think, you're the best damn walk in the planet. Like all those players think they're the best and a collective group that think they're the best probably think they're going to be better than they are. So we say they're going to win two games. They probably think, Hey, you know what? We got a chance at the playoffs. Like let's get into the playoffs. That's their mindset. So every day they're going out with this mindset, like we got to get better every day to get to the playoffs. Even though we don't feel like they can get there, their mindset is they can get there because they all think they're the best. Otherwise they wouldn't be in the NFL. So we don't have that. It's hard to really get into their minds because to be a professional athlete, you are well, a cocky, you are over the top. Even if you, I don't say even if you know it, but you've seen people talk about it. Like I'm the best player in the world and no, yeah. they're not the best player in the world. We know Chase that. Chase but, that <laughs> but that mentality, Canadian, that mentality Canadian. is why they're, is why they're there, why they're where they're at. So they yeah. can't ever lose I, that edge. And I, I think that's where, I think that's where you're. It was more of a question that would that I wanted to pose to someone who's out of the league, not someone who's in. Like, so I, like I want to know what that mindset is, even throughout the season. After your maybe maybe you're zero and seven, like what's keeping you motivated at those times? And hey, maybe the uh, yeah, well, may, and hey, maybe the Falcons and Falcons fans watching us, please, you can rip me all you want in the comments. But hey, maybe you'll win five games. I'm a Jaguars fan. We um, suck, so I'm used to this. So that's that's how. Yeah. Moving on to our final. Can I ask you a question? If you God make me research it. and get prepared for one more question in the doc that you don't ask me, I'm going to come through this show and I'm going to slap you silly. I guess you didn't read. I guess you did not read. I did read. I, I guess you didn't. Yeah. I guess you I didn't. Did. What What does it say? What does it say next to team by team camp storylines? You can't. You can't stay up in the air. And then, so I'm not going to research it. I'm not going to be ready. That, that's I, fine. If That's you, fine, but don't get mad do at me. Do not get time, mad at me for I'm moving come on. I'm this damn screen and I'm going to slap you silly. Do not get mad at me for moving on, trying to get this shit rolling an hour in and we have the Panthers left to talk about. Oh, okay? the Panthers. Nobody cares. Yeah. We're talking this, this Oreos and the Panthers. Burger. We're talking Oreos with the Panthers and I want to get to it, okay? But you know what? Just for you, just for you. No, I we'll didn't, do I didn't research that one. You didn't, you didn't research which one and i don't know whatever you're gonna ask me because you keep changing shit it was gonna be the one that you were bitching and moaning about that you wanted to you wanted to get into so we're gonna get into aaron here we're gonna do it just the way you like it solo you're on the pedestal here you go buddy aaron for your your question to you the atlanta falcons points. for 500 points here what falcons player has the most to prove this year? Great question, Vinny. Matter of fact, all the research that I did, I have an answer for you. 
Great. Uh, I, I do. Uh, I'm going to go to hopefully, the back end. Hopefully it's a good shut, one. Shut up and let me talk. You got it? AJ Terrell's on one you side. You good? Okay, Casey good. Casey Hayward's on the other side. Since the days of the safeties that went to the Dallas Cowboys and Keanu Neal and, and those boys over there, uh, they really haven't had a safety. And we've talked about the, the safeties that they've been needing to find. To me, it's Richie Grant. And Richie Grant is a he's a, a first, he wasn't the first rookie defense back to struggle. Let's be clear about that. Dean Pease didn't like him, decided to go with the more veteran last season. Um, he was drafted to play safety, but played a lot more in the nickel in 2021. Deron Harmon came in. I think this year you're going to see a jump from Richie Grant. I think he has the most to prove. He's going to have to earn his trust and earn his spot to get on the field in 2022. But I do think that Richie Grant is the guy with the most pressure or has the most to prove as far as um, draft status, making a leap from year two to year three. I think it's Richie. It's not a bad pick, not at all. And he's been there. They're enjoying what they've been seeing from him. He has improved. He has developed. We don't, again, just like Michael Thomas, said, until he's on the field playing games, we don't know how it's going to translate. But there's been a lot of a lot of good chatter about Richie Grant and Jalen Hawkins as well. Um, you know, having that veteran Casey Haywood in the in the in the building has seemed to help some of these younger guys uh, as far as learning what to do. And then their talent has to do the rest. So I like that pick a lot. I have a, I, I do have a quote from their defensive coordinator uh, talking about how you brought up, you were talking about Richie Grant and the defense. You brought up Ray, Grady Jarrett earlier, AJ Terrell. They got a lot of play, potential on defense for the Atlanta Falcons. Their defensive coordinator came out and said, we've been in the top 10 one time out of the last 20 years. That that bullshit is over. I'm tired of this crap. We're going to change the culture of this defense around this freaking place. It's coach speak. Are they getting into the top 10 this year? No. Is this year? Not a chance. <laughs> but, but that's the type of attitude that I like to see. We talked on the other shows where it's like, oh, I love all these coaches' attitudes towards things. That's an attitude that I like to I, I will get around and I will. That was their defensive support. coordinator? That was Peace? Yeah. I don't know about not a chance. And I'm not saying because it's the Falcons. I'm just saying, I mean, we've seen teams go from shit to. You're saying there's a chance the Falcons get into the top. Hell. Absolutely. AJ, man, why do you do this, bro? This is there's a chance. I'm not saying it's happening, but there's a chance. You're talking probability and odds. I'm sorry. Did we not watch your Dallas Cowboys be trashed three years ago and then all of a sudden they made a huge jump? There's a chance. This this is where this is. Oh my God, this is what people do. First of all, the reasons why a defense is top 10 matter. You don't just become a top 10 defense. You also have to have – I'm sorry, but if your offense goes threes and three and out every damn series, you're not having a top-10 defense. Your defense is going to be on the field the entire time. What? Go what? on. Yes, yes, yes. I was hoping I get picked. Uh, but, Aaron, <laughs> they drafted all those linebackers in the draft. Oh what do you mean? Hey, Troy Anderson. I like Troy Anderson. <laughs> and I'm not, not – like I said, they have good pieces on defense. There's no chance in hell the Atlanta Falcons are a top 10 defense. In no hell. chance. Statistically, there is a chance, like a, a small percentage. Statistically, there is a small percentage. If you were to gamble, if you were to go to the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, which Calvin Ridley has, 
made quite a few appearances too. Uh, he did. You could see that that the Atlanta Falcons probably have a small percentage chance. When you play <laughs> right. Tampa twice, when you play Cincinnati, the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Have, have a nice. Good luck. So you're saying yes, this NFL teams? Astute observation, sir. Yeah. Great <laughs> NFL teams with great offenses against a yes. bad defense, and they're going to be top ten. That makes sense. I, the Carolina I, Panthers are our final team in our <laughs> NFC South deep dive, and uh, their training camp has been underway, obviously, headlined by Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, that quarterback competition. Baker has looked great and has looked like the QB1 for the Carolina Panthers from what I have seen from reports and everything. And it's not that Sam Darnold has been playing bad. Oh, and then you have Baker Mayfield throwing that garbage throw. Thank you, AJ. Uh, it was necessary. <laughs> I knew you were going to say some shit like that. Was that a garbage throw or was that a good No, game? that should have been caught. Good, that looks like it should have been caught. Though. It was a good that defensive was... play. That's actually why I kept it. I was like, all right, he's showing both sides play, in your training camp. Yeah, in your training camp monologue, underscore. you don't just show completions. There's other sides of the ball that got to step up. That That's fair. I, pre- I appreciate that. So, But Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, that is really the headline of this Carolina Panthers uh, training camp. But they have a new offensive coordinator, Ben McAdoo, who just he doesn't have a a great rep around town. If you know what I mean, his his offensive (laughs) skills and play calling and it's just not has not been that great. And there's been a lot of chatter coming out of Carolina that his systems may be a little complicated. And Matt Rule came out and said, we're still sort of in the install phase. Now we are coming into the beginning of August, August 3rd. You have two or you have one brand new quarterback and a quarterback battle between the two of Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. Aaron, can you explain this Ben McAdoo offense and how it plays into the, the new quarterbacks that Carolina has? Um, yeah, I think it's different than what you're going to see in New York, mainly because Eli Manning was in New York when he had Eli Manning, who could not move at all. And I think Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, whoever that crowd, whoever they decide to go with um, in that quarterback room, is going to be a little bit more versatile in the sense of being able to move. McAdoo likes to run, kind of get spread it out. He likes to go up tempo. I believe when he was with the Giants, he was running hurry up offense a lot, um, 30, 40% of the time. So I think they want to do a lot of that, get the ball into Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore. Uh, you know, the, the Robbie Anderson, those guys, uh, Terrace Marshall's hands early so they can get into space and, and create offense that way. Um, I, I'm going to attribute this a lot to, to what the Dallas Cowboys offense looks like under Kellen Moore. I think he's going to do a lot of that. Um, you're not going to see the deep shots that I think maybe some people may, ex- may have expected. I don't think you're going to see deep balls to Robbie Anderson. I think this is going to be a quick three-step drop, up pace or up-tempo, fast-paced offense that, uh, that McAdoo wants to run. And I think it'll benefit a Baker Mayfield and benefit Sam Darnold because they don't have to think very much. It's get rid of the ball quick, three steps and let it go. Um, and then you take your shots when you can. But I, I think it's going to be that type of offense, which again, when you got a guy like Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and those weapons, that's what you want to do. You want to get the ball in their hands. That's actually one of the players that came out and said that the, 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 the uh, new system that Ben McAdoo has been putting in place is, has been a little bit more complicated and more complex than what they had with Joe Brady last season, which Aaron, you can enlighten me on this one. Is this, is that a good thing that it's more complex than what it was last season as opposed to Joe Brady? Or is that, is, 
honestly, that 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 question is uh is only as good as your quarterback. Okay. Complex means quarterback has to know more, has to do more, has to be have a good feel for the offense. And when you're bringing in a guy this late, like a Baker Mayfield, you might not be able to get all that install out and be ready for week one. It might be something that's layered over the course of the first six, seven weeks of the season. Um, complex could be good when you're going against other defenses that might have a harder time reading what you're trying to do. But So it really just depends on who's under center and what you're doing with that complex offense. I'm sure it's great for DJ Moore or Christian McCaffrey. They're skill position players. They don't have yeah. that much to worry about. Yeah. Speak. Did, did they – do y'all think they kind of jumped the gun on – getting rid of Joe Brady. I mean, it's not like he had much to work with. And then you you talk about the injuries. And then, I mean, to be honest, you go from him to Ben McAdoo, like. Well, somebody had a, somebody had a play because Matt rule wasn't going in. That's, that's true. But also you say he didn't have much to work. He didn't, I mean, it's almost the same team. Like obviously Christian McCaffrey got hurt, but when Christian McCaffrey was healthy, they did, they, they weren't a terrible offense. Like, they weren't a terrible offense. Sam Darnold was surprisingly one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the league, at least for fantasy. Yeah. I remember that part. I think that's um, AJ's point. Yeah, yeah no, it, it's but it's like it's all the same. It is the same. Like it's because they didn't fire Matt Rule. Had to let somebody go. Somebody has to take the blame for your your offense being bad. And Matt Rule's an offensive guy, so that's your head coach. You signed him to a long term deal. Who goes? The offensive coordinator. It's this guy. It's this guy. This guy did it it's wrong. The shit, this guy right, did it. the shit rolls downhill. Owner says, "Hey GM, man, we need a better offense." GM says, hey, coach, man, what the hell? We might have to let you go. Nah, man, office coordinator ain't doing his job. He got to go. Bring somebody else in. That's just the <laughs> He's got to go. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's end this on a fun note here. You brought up Christian McCaffrey, and he was a part of uh, quite possibly the best offseason trade uh, that we have seen this year. Aaron, I'm not sure if you've seen this, uh, but okay, great, great. We're gonna We're all going to watch this together then. Let's uh, – why is my stream yard not loading this properly? Do you guys yeah, see? Do you want me to bring that in? Is it is it in? Yeah, can someone bring it? There you go. Can I try your stream yard? Can I try your stream yard? Can I try your stream yard? Yeah, I don't have my gloves. The best trade of the offseason here. Yeah, we'll get you some 24 hours later. There he is. You guys kidding me? Yeah, come every day. Aaron hates this. This is too much fun. Doritos and Oreos. How to be a star running back. This is my favorite part. The guys in the background, listen. So Aaron, I, I know that was torture for you to watch something fun uh to end our show. No, um, we just wasted like three, four, five minutes of real good football talk for and, Christian McCaffrey Oreo. And we're gonna wait. And we're going to waste it even more because the last question in this Panthers doc that I put down on here is if you could trade one item for a snack, what would that snack be? If you're an NFL player and you got gloves, you got cleats, you got everything, what's that one snack you trading for? Bro, if you're an NFL player, you can afford all Oh, <laughs> this guy. What the hell are you trading snacks for? What, 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 what is this? Hey, you see Mr. Deeds? You see Mr. Deeds, right? Yeah. Right? Aaron, Aaron, I'm yes, gonna need I, you to. You know I have. 
So, so you remember when they were on the plane and they were singing and uh, Adam Sandler was about to get into the chorus of that one song. In the most and, peculiar way. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And the guy goes, and the guy, yeah. And he goes, party pooper. You're the party pooper. You are the party pooper. This is, I don't care that Christian McCaffrey likes Oreos with milk and he's trading it for little kids for cleats. I don't care. You know what I care about? I care that he gets his feet in those cleats and that he doesn't sprain a knee or turn an ankle or stay healthy for the damn season. That's what I care about. Stop eating Oreo cookies and maybe you'll be in shape so you won't have to worry about missing 10 games this year and ruining my fantasy football league. That's what I care about. It's, so it's this, is deeper, this is deeper. This is deeper. This goes so much deeper. <laughs> okay. He's hurt. He is clearly a broken man after what Christian McCaffrey has done to him. AJ, maybe you'll be, answer, be able to answer my hard-hitting question here. If you could trade one item for a snack, what would that snack be? What would this? I mean, it's got to be snack? a Klondike bar, right? I mean, <laughs> what would you do for a Klondike bar? <laughs> fun at training camp. No, the hell I wouldn't. You think I'm going to get back to the field? I'm opening it right there. We're taking a picture with me what? eating the damn Klondike bar what? next to the kid. And then I'm going to autograph the rapper and give what? him my damn trash. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair here, to be fair, if you have just practiced and the kid has had the Klondike bar in his hand the whole time, <laughs> then it might melted. actually be melted. Unless, See, unless is, it was a yeah. rain out and they had to bring it indoors and you were able to make it inside to watch training camp and you had the air conditioning and then maybe it didn't melt in his pocket, but My I like your answer. My fans know better. They are bringing coolers to training camp. <laughs> that shit is going to be kept perfectly ready. <laughs> you, th you think people brought crunched up skittles to marshawn lynch no it was a pristine <laughs> bag of skittles ready to go <laughs> a, a pristine bag a pristine bag of skittles this is what i needed this is what i needed see aaron this is what we needed to end this show no, we okay? didn't we, we needed did. to go go back we 30 did. minutes and talk about something that was important not christian mccaffrey and his damn snacks hey <laughs> it matters it matters. And I really Listen, we're not gonna have I, a lot of Christian McCaffrey talk later. We might as well get it out of the way now. He's gonna be injured by week four. Him and Julio gonna be chilling in Cabo super early. <laughs> NFC South, we talking America South. <laughs> Woo, that was good. That was good. Well done. Well done. Uh, and well, since Aaron wants to be a party pooper and we won't know his snack of choice to uh trade, then you're bullshitter. You're bullshitting me. You are bullshitting no football player. You're bullshit. That's not that's not the question here. That is not the question. <laughs> if I was the NFL player, I'd buy my own damn snacks. I don't need people to bring snacks for me. Hold he on. didn't ask him. He didn't call this little kid up like you're coming he and did ask him. He, he did ask him. Yes, he did. He that said, oh, you bring me Oreos. And then next time, bring me a glass of milk. And then, yes, he did he ask said him. We would sit down and have a full glass of milk. He also said, man, if you come tomorrow, bring some Oreos. Shoot so he shot. asked him. Yeah. Hey, I say he didn't call this man up. He didn't say, you come into training camp, bring me some Doritos. I can't afford it. He said, oh, look, you offer me Doritos? Damn, I love Oreos. You coming back tomorrow? I don't need, oh. I don't need the fans to bring me snacks is what I'm saying. I got my own. Aaron? 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 That's you. That's for you. Boo this man, party pooper, to end the show. That's Don't what it care. is. Don't care. Do I look like I care? <laughs> this man, this man, I, I know what you're watching right now, everybody, and what you're listening to is the, this man actually loves snacks. 
I can <laughs> confirm this man is a snack connoisseur. And you, unfortunately, he hates you. He hates you, the fans, because he is not willing <laughs> to give out that information like of what his go-to snack is. He hates you. So me, so tweet at him using the hashtag GMSC to let him know how you truly feel about his snack Nazism. Okay, that's how Aaron is being right now. We'll be back again though live tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time, breaking down the AFC East. Maybe we'll change it up. Maybe to make Aaron get into a better mood, maybe we'll talk NFC East first tomorrow. Either way, you're gonna have to find no. out at 10 a.m. Eastern time right here on YouTube at Sac City Pod. There's the socials. No social read because Aaron has ruined, <laughs> ruined the show. He doesn't even get a last saying here. For your boy AJ Johnson and for me, we will see you tomorrow. Bye. Don't press that next button. That was a great show, right? You know it, I know it. So let's help somebody else know it. Before you listen to our next episode, go ahead and write us a review and let everyone know how great it is to be a part of the city. Sac City, home of six-star content.